Hello once again my beloved beloved and here is another episode of I me myself I could hear some of you take a deep breath step back and say oh my god how self-centered can you be but you know what I have the entire universe inside of me Aren't I a part of the elements? My body is made of the five elements: earth, water, air, space, fire. So I am very elemental, you know, basically. Also, if the universe is part of me, I am part of the universe. I might be a tiny but i am i exist i live and i am a human being every time i think of srinagar my heart skips a beat in fact i can see myself with the skipping rope you know in those days we never used a skipping rope only in the gym the skipping rope was very very much a part of our daily existence we would skip happily then we would have different games where the skipping rope would entwine two people if one was in control or if two were in control on either side then 5 6 10 would be happily skipping in the middle depending on the length of the skipping rope I can see myself skipping all through the vadis of Srinagar. And next comes the delicious food, the bakar khanis, the kava, the waiting with bated breath for invitations, <laughs> for lavish teas, and then relishing them, enjoying them. You know what people have told me people have told me that not only do they enjoy eating and drinking with me but what they enjoy most is watching me imbibe eat drink because i do it with so much of love enjoyment and passion that watching me they feel fulfilled Isn't that strange how vibrations can go from one to the other? I am consuming, I am enjoying, I am imbibing, I am eating. And they are feeling fulfilled. Isn't that beautiful thought? So my dear ones, we are all interconnected. We are so interconnected soul to soul. for aren't each of us connected to god and if each of us is connected to god then logically we are connected to each other without differentiation without discrimination because we are all one so i remember these lavish feasts And the strange thing is that once 
my family and i went to this glacier called sonmarg and while we were huffing and puffing in the low altitude amidst the snow the little ones being dragged by the older ones the stronger ones the fitter ones it was just i and my family and suddenly out of the blue a voice said chap yoga do you drink tea and we looked around thinking that oh my god is this an outer world experience and suddenly round the corner a sardarji came happily bounding up the snow and we were all rubbing our hands with the cold and we said yes he took us to a little tent and that little tent had a goat attached to it also and she looked at us and i realized that her smile with the hairy beard and his smile with the hairy beard <laughs> seemed pretty similar so don't they say that when you have a dog or who you live with you start resembling the other well now in retrospect that is what had happened and now i can understand the meaning through all my experiences and through all the things that have happened and gone through in front of my eyes so he promptly bent down and he milked the goat in front of us <laughs> and in the tent which is very nice and warm because he'd already put the water to boil we sat around he made us the tea regaling us with stories one fine day he had decided to leave his family and come and live there and you think that he was not fulfilling the duties of a family man he was because he considered anyone that he came across as his personal family for that moment for that space of time we belong to him as much as he belonged to us we were very fond of a family called the shamiris he was very well known to my grandfather and his daughter tahira shamiri to my mother and her generation but somehow the other tahira auntie and i felt like we were on the same wavelength there was a tiny kid but she embraced me and who was she she was the then education minister and i promise you she took her job very seriously and how do i know because on all my holidays as a kid a small medium one or a bigger one she would come collect me in her ambassador car government ambassador car and we would travel all over the villages of srinagar and beyond 
checking out on schools, sitting in the classrooms, seeing how the teachers taught. Was there humaneness in them? How did the children react to them? Were they learning? Not by the stick, not by being punished outside the door, but were they learning from the depths of their being? And then, under the trees, the most delicious food would come to us. And regardless of who we were, education minister, little girl who was in awe of her, all the students, the teachers, the peons, the headmaster, we would all gather under that tree and picnic. And we would talk to each other as we were one. It was so beautiful. Now come to think of it, is that why I feel so much at home in the atmosphere of an educational environment? Is that why one of the degrees that I have gathered is of the Bachelor of Education? Is that why I have taken to teaching in schools, in colleges? Is that why I link up with people of all ages? Is that the connection? Is that the background? Is that the story about me? Isn't it beautiful that while I'm talking to you, I am discovering things about myself now, after 69 years. All the dots are being put together and I can figure out where I, where my leanings, where my inclinations, where my passions, where I began and what was the exposure I had and how I forwarded it in my life and how it added a different spice, a different herb to the concoction of what I am. I will never forget you, Tahira, and for as long as I live, my always, my forever, you will be such an important part of my very existence. Because in you, I saw the qualities that a human being is made of. Love, compassion, embracing everyone, holding everyone to their heart, talking to them with concern, showing them that you felt what they were going through. My God. What an exposure at what a young age. And am I grateful for it. And in association of ideas, I think these are the very things I use to teach my children.
when I was teacher of the fourth standard, class teacher, I loved my children as they did I. Now, all the Punjabi ladies used to get their lunch to my classroom in GD Somani. We would eat our lunch together, we would share it. Isn't that what I learned sitting under the trees of Srinagar and all its suburban areas and into the very villages which were hours away? By the time we traveled back home, it would be late at night. But my family had so much trust and faith in Tahira auntie that it didn't matter. So the point I'm coming to is that my friends would get very upset because my class students refused to leave the classroom during lunch. And my friends would say, why don't you leave your teacher alone for lunch? Why can't she even eat her food in peace? Why do you have to hang around here? And do you know what the kids would say? they would hold themselves in their own arms and they would sway from side to side and they would say, we can't leave her. We love her so much. My God, what memories come back. Thank you, dear listeners, for bringing all these memories to me with such a flush of warmth joy and happiness. And I'm talking about the early 80s. No, the happiness and the joy of those memories will never, ever leave me. It will be with me forever. My forever till my dying day. In fact, the mothers of the kids would come and complain about their children and say, you know what the son of mine does? He jumps on the leather sofas and spoils them. And I don't know how to control him. He is so wild. And I said, don't worry, I'll talk to him. And you know what I used to do, my darlings? I would concoct stories Never let them know that they were pointed at them. But I would concoct stories to say that I was such a naughty child. I was such a naughty child. And that I used to do such things. And that I would jump on the leather sofas and I would make holes in it and I would dirty it. And they would get depressed over there. And leather is so expensive, etc., etc. And the next day, the mother would come to me and say, What did you tell my son? I said, I never told him anything. You didn't? But you know what he's done? He stopped jumping on the sofas. So, in my life as a teacher, and yet, in everything I do or say, I never have accused kids 
or reprimanded them or told them to stand outside my classroom. Why? Because if I did that, that child would miss out on that days of studies. Yeah, put them in a corner, make them stand on a bench or make them stand next to you. But let them be part of your classroom. Let them at least hear what you are teaching so that they don't miss out. And if every time they're sent out to stand in the corridors as a punishment, will they learn? What will they learn? And a day, two days, he'll feel bad. The third day, the child will say, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I never wanted my children to go through that. I embraced them to myself as my very own. And it is with great happiness that I can tell you that even after 50 years, when my students who live perhaps in Canada or anywhere in the world, when they find me on Facebook, ah, let me tell you, I'm pretty active. Two pages of Facebook, two of Instagram, on LinkedIn. They get in touch with me and they say, are you the same Mrs. Neerja Malik who used to teach us? how we looked up to you, how we loved you. All our life we have tried to find through our schools and colleges someone who is like you. And we couldn't. We copied your Kolapuri chappals. We copied your style of dressing. We copied the way you spoke. We tried to be like you because we loved you. And this warms the cockles of my heart. And I hope that each one of us could leave this kind of impression or impact on others. Not necessarily your students. They could be your family, your neighbors, your dudwala, the one who sells you vegetables, the postman, the security guy, the maids who live and work in your homes. My kids call all the maids Didi, even if they are younger than them. Because that love, that respect, that regard is a necessity. These values are important. Why? Because they have left their homes. They have left the warmth of their family just to be a bread earner. To earn money, to send home to the rest of their family members in whatever difficulties they are. They are human beings first and foremost. And I love and respect them as they love and respect me too. God is great. And of course, 
studies reminds me of the naughty days. My granny used to have the Babaji ka kamra, you know, where the Granth Sahib lay in the attic. And in the attic, in this wooden structure, which was our home in Srinagar, there were all kinds of martbans. Martbans means those lovely pots in which you could store pickles and jams and all kinds of things. We didn't need a refrigerator even during the summer months in Srinagar. We never needed a fan. I, I don't think it was till much later when we invested in a pedestal fan. <laughs> yes, definitely during the winters, we did have to have not only the kangris, but a big, huge metal structure where coal used to be lit. And that metal structure had a pipe leading out of the window so that the smoke would go out, but the room would be heated. Those were the days, my friends, and memories that will never ever leave us. So, back to the attic. The first, there was a ground floor. Then there was the first floor where most of us live. And we had a drawing room, a huge dining room, so that it could fit so many people. And the one who sat in the center was always cribbing because they had to keep passing the tables, the, the plates from side to side. And they said, is this our only job? We can't even enjoy ourselves. And I remember we used to laugh. Beyond the first floor was the attic and the roofing was pointed. There was one pole attached to the top of it as a lightning conductor, even in those days. And this attic, this Babaji ka kamra was my silent, sacred space. I used to take my books up because we were given so much of homework. Write presses, read this book, do your maths. We had to finish it. But uh, isn't that that saying, uh, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy? Well, the same stands for Jill, a dull girl. So, <laughs> I remember taking my books, looking very piously at everyone and saying to them, I am going to study. And they would all bless me. Little did they know what was going on in this rascally mind of mine. I would go up, keep my books. First of all, matha teko, that is bow down reverently and touch my forehead to the floor in front of the holy book, the Granth Sahib. Place my books on the little bench over there. I would sit on the floor and use the bench to do my writing work. And then go out, open all the martbans and consume a little of everything that was there, including the coconut macaroons and all the goodies that were kept there. 
दिन पहले पेट पूजा फिर बाकी पूजा एंड डेफिनेटली बाकी पढ़ाई स्टडीज एंड फीलिंग फुलफिल्ड आई वुड गो एंड से नाउ आई हैव टू स्टडी आई वुड स्टडी आई प्रोमिस यू विद फोकस्ड सिंगल पॉइंटेड अटेंशन फॉर अ बिट एंड देन क्वाइटली द कॉमिक्स वुड कम आउट एंड दे वुड ऑलवेज केप्ट विद इन द बुक्स these are childhood memories nowadays they are no comics <laughs> people have their cell phones they can do what they like but we used to hidingly open those comics and read and it is from those days that i figured out that any change is good so if you're tired of studying read a comic If you feel things are getting too much, do a sudoku. I do one every day. If you feel that you're getting burdened, what does this shift in consciousness do? It takes your mind from something that is bothering you to a space that is empty because you are doing other things so dedicatedly. by the time you come back to the earlier space which was turbulent and traumatic you realize that it's not as bad as it was your thinking power starts working and in that situation suddenly all kinds of solutions appear so once again my darlings The note I want to end with is gratitude 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 to god to guru to grandparents to parents to family to friends and last but not least to the universe thank you